We're thrilled to announce that we now have seven powerful devotionals available on YouVersion's Bible app. For those not in the know, YouVersion is the top Bible app in the world, and we're honored to be on this incredible platform. Our devotionals dive deep into the pillars that define the lion within us, health, wealth, and self. So whether you're seeking spiritual growth, financial wisdom, or personal development, these devotionals are tailor-made for you. So ready to embark on this transformative journey and unleash the lion within you? Head over to thelionwithin.us slash uversion to access our devotions on the uversion app. Join thousands of like-minded individuals and dive into the word with us. That's thelionwithin.us slash uversion. That's Y-O-U-V-E-R-S-I-O-N. And let's grow together and become the leaders God intends us to be. Welcome to The Line Within Us, a podcast serving Christian men who are hungry to be the leaders they're predestined to be. I'm your host, Chris Granger. Let's jump in. All right, guys, this week we've been talking about the area of self and winning at home first. And today I have with me the author of Winning at Home First, Mr. Corey Carlson. And I tell you, what, I'm so excited for this conversation and the scripture. I asked Corey, I'm like, give me some scripture. What scripture do we want to get our guys focused on this week? He gave me 2 Corinthians 3, 16 through 18. So I'm going to read that for you real quick, guys. You got to get some scripture in you to get going. But whenever anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now, the Lord is the Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. I love that freedom. My Bible actually says liberty. So, and we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image with ever increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. Guys, that's a beautiful piece of scripture. So, Corey, who is this guy? As an entrepreneur, former executive, husband, father of three, he understands the pressures working parents face. He's very passionate about helping business leaders win at home and work. So, 20 years in corporate America gave him amazing opportunities as he worked his way up into the executive level. But he also saw brokenness, work without purpose, burnout, lack of focus, strained marriages, and absentee parents. I'd say what, business leaders especially were often not, live, not living life to the fullest. And when Corey discovered coaching, it helped him become a better leader, husband, and father. So he left his corporate career to help other leader, leaders achieve a healthier work-life balance. And currently, he lives in Cincinnati with his awesome wife, three amazing children. He has a civil engineering degree from the University of Missouri, MBA from Rockhurst University, his first book released in 2019 titled Win at Home First. For those on YouTube, check it out. I'm holding it right here. Amazing book. This thing was an inspirational guide for work-life balance. It was an Amazon number one best released in three categories, listed in Forbes as the seven books everyone on your team should read. He hosts a leadership podcast, Win at Home First, top one and a half percent global podcast for listener notes, and just an all-around awesome dude. So welcome, Corey. How you doing today? Uh, Chris, doing great. Thank you very much for the time. Look forward to this conversation. I enjoyed the previous ones we've had and look forward to talking today. And thanks for letting me share some of my testimony and story with your audience. Oh, I'm so excited, Corey. So excited. I tell you what, for, for the listeners, this will be the book of the week. You know, we, we feature a book every week. Tell you what, I, I couldn't put it down. I mean, it was just, it, it, it's so impactful. So many different areas. I love the scripture, the way that you pull out the, the questions that we're going to unpack a lot of that, but Maybe just let our listeners, I just went through an, an intro for you, if you will, but that's just me talking. Our, our listeners like to hear from, from the men themselves. So give us a little bit more about your background. 
Yeah, definitely. You know, I think as you talked about the opening of the scripture, I use ESV, English Standard Version. And the one part of that scripture that you read that stands out to me a ton, and I just want to reinforce it here, and hopefully it's helpful to the listeners as we talk this, you know, today is, we are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. Mm. And so much about what I've seen in my own life as in as well as clients I work with and just people is like by one degree at a time, we're either growing closer to God or further away from God. And so as we talk today, just anything that I say that could help you grow closer to God, man, look to implement it. There is so many podcasts out there. There's books out there. We are all consumed with a ton of information. But if we don't implement there never will be transformation. So it's got to be about implementation. So as you know, we talk today, we have our conversation for the listener, just that you grab something, just go implement. Don't let it just be another podcast you listen to, but one that actually can help you grow closer to God one degree at a time. And that's a lot about well, even what my story is, is that the, cra- you know, the very crappy, cruddy falls I've had in my life were because I got off track one degree at a time. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, diving right into the the book and the introduction and a lot of my story is I ended up, you know, basically I graduated from University of Missouri, as you mentioned, civil engineering degree. I started my career in Kansas City at a great firm, but I was taking my identity to my job, even though they were doing all things they could to help move me up the corporate ladder. And I was getting a lot of new opportunities, but I was taking my identity to my job, which is never fulfilling. We can't fulfill that God-sized void with temporary things. So when that wasn't working, I decided, hey, maybe I'll take my identity, my worth, my value to my wife. Can she validate who I am as a man? And that she can. I mean, no, no broken human can help another broken human. I mean, that's what we need God for. So when that didn't work, when, you know, because my wife has bad days, I have bad days. Some days we're miscommunicating. <laughs> but right. when you take your identity to your job, that won't work. When you take it to a spouse, that won't work. So what I chose to do, which I don't recommend it to anyone, but I went and had an affair and ended up, you know, years later came clean of the affair. And that's, you know, part of my story, restoration, um, you know, whole story. Our marriage is, you know, we're getting, we'll be engaged 20 or not engaged, married 24 years this summer. So it's been an awesome story for, you know, Holly and I and restoration. But as far as that, you know, a fair piece, it was one degree at a time mm-hmm. where I maybe stopped spending time daily in the word. Boom. There's one degree. Then I do something else, kind of one degree. I know another big degree that I try to get people on is, you know, my wife and I, we stopped necessarily going on dates. We were doing a lot of double dates, but, or group dates, but we weren't going on one-on-one dates. And so that'd be another one degree. So it just kept moving me further and further away. So eventually, obviously having the the affair. And so for me, it is staying focused on that verse of, hey, one degree, am I growing closer to God? And so for me, it's, I got to be spending time in the word. I got to be surrounded by a good community, talking to you know leaders like yourself where holding each other accountable and kind of pushing each other for growth and getting better. So mm-hmm. anyway, just kind of reinforcing that for all of us as we listen to today's podcast. I love it. I love it. I mean, that, that one degree makes all the difference in the world. I mean, for the line within us, you know, I, I, I kicked this off saying this is a self episode. So I, I break it down to self, health, and wealth. 
And I think you, I, I, I love, that's why I loved your breakdown. You, marriage, parenting, and work. Those are, you know, those four areas. I guess if we, if we can try to help these guys in one degree in each one of those sections today, that'll be mission accomplished, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So you just laid out the, you know, those are the four parts of the book. And I actually believe those are the correct order that they need to be, that you got to start with you in order to lead your family well, in order to lead your work team well, you have got to be in a good place. Because if you're an unhealthy personally, internally, then that's going to have a ripple effect to everyone you lead. That may mean right. you lead from an anger position or no patience or too controlling or short-sighted self-limiting beliefs. Whatever you're battling internally, if you don't take care of that yourself, it will have an effect with your spouse, with your kids, and with your team. So on that you piece, the very first part, taking care of yourself, there's a great book called Lead Yourself First. And it talks about how there's the decline in leadership in America today. And it's not a political statement at all. It's talking about leadership across everything, corporate, uh, military, just everything. And the reason leaders are declining is because of the decrease in solitude. Mm, okay. And it talks, it gives great stories about military leaders who said, you know, should we go to battle? And it's like, well, let me sleep on it. Let me, let, let's think about it. It, the book ends with a big, pivotal, quiet, solitude moment that Martin Luther King Jr. had the night before his I Have a Dream speech, a quiet time he had at his kitchen table. And so there's these examples like that where it just kind of proves the point that we all need solitude as leaders. And so if we're going to grow better one degree at a time, talking about the you section, is you listening, you know, what are we, what are you doing to help grow in your quiet time? You know, some of that is quiet in the morning, like spending time in the Bible, journaling, and throughout the day, praying. You know, as Paul talks about, never cease praying. That's a little right. bit of what we've got to do is throughout the day, thanking God for the meeting we just had, praying for guidance and wisdom on the next meeting. Now, as the world's opening back up, we're going back to the office, we're back to commuting. What are you doing on your commute time? Are you listening to sports radio? Are you listening to the stocks? Are you listen to politics? Or are you turning the radio off or the podcast off and thinking and praying and spending some time in solitude? So it can look a whole lot of different ways other than, you know, some people think when I say solitude, especially to clients, they're like, oh, what, you want me to start waking up at 4.30 every day? <laughs> well, yeah, sure, go for it. You can. But there's other times throughout the day that we can just hit pause so we're not constantly going from meeting to meeting. Any moment of stillness, we grab our phone and just to see what the feed says. So that's yeah. a big one degree. Say, how can you find more solitude in your life? And some of it may be, Corey, guys are just uncomfortable with that that solitude too, right? That's what we feel like we have to feel it. You know, we have to fill that with something. You know, I think that's why we grab these these smartphones that I feel like we, we worship at the altar the smartphone sometimes to just drives me crazy and hey, guilty party included, you know, versus to your point, just be quiet, you know, cause often God, that's when he speaks, the, the Bible says it's a whisper, right? I mean, it's, it's, it's not, you, but you have to be in that quiet time sometimes just to be able to hear that whisper and be in a position to even receive a word that he's trying to give you. Yeah, absolutely. I think, a, you know, a hack on that is maybe getting a devotional book to at least give you some promptings, you know, I mean, when writing this book, I put a lot of questions in there because that's mm -hmm. what I actually need. I'm right with you, Chris. I'm right with that listener who, when you get, you know, alone in, in quiet time, before I know it, I'm doing my to-do list. Right. 
you know, this yeah. is what I need to do today. Oh man, once this quiet time's over, I'm going to start doing these things. And so it just turns into this like planning session. But if I have thought provoking questions, it can at least help me s- stay grounded. But I think the biggest right. thing is just pen and paper. I'm a huge fan of journaling because it kind of causes you to slow down. And I don't journal with an, I- an iPhone. I mean, yeah, there are times I'm out and about and I may put in a thought into in my notes. But when it comes to quiet time, I want an old school Bible. And pen and paper, because it helps me stay, you know, kind of grounded and in the moment. Right. And there's something about when that pen actually hits the paper and you have to make that thought and transfer it into writing. There's something magical about that. I'm with you. I mean, I, I, even when I do, you know, when I teach Sunday school, when some, if I have to do that, if it's my week to do it, for instance, I find there's a tr- tremendous amount of value. There's a leadership guide. I can read it. I could go literally walk in that class and read the guide. I choose to write my notes because that, that forces me to think through, you know, how I want to teach this, how the, how the person on the end is going to receive it. But it just, there's clarity when you do that. Yep, absolutely. And not only did you said magical, I mean, science backs it up that when we write, we remember more things. I mean, we have kind of more ahas when we're actually writing than just yeah. thinking. And I know in my own experience, if I'm just thinking like, I'm just going to think about this before I know it. I mean, I, I, I'm way off. I'm daydreaming <laughs> about something completely irrelevant. Right. And uh, so, anyways. Like the old dog with a squirrel. That's right. <laughs> so yeah, weird, exactly. You know? Right. <laughs> well, I know when I read that, that section, you know, what really jumped to me was I love the five capital, you know, where spiritual, relational, physical, intellectual, and financial. That just jumped out because you really broke down each section and it gave some thought provoking questions around each one of those areas too. And, you know, just, just hats off to you for, for that structure as well, but, you know, kind of what, maybe what led you down that path, you know, why, why those five areas, what, what, what was the reasoning behind trying to get guys to think about that when they're thinking about the section of you? Yeah. Well, just, uh, be, um, Clear, I did not come up with it. My coach, Brandon, who's been my coach for a decade, he came up with them. And it's basically the the foundation of his coaching company, which I work through called the Five Capitals. And anyways, the reason I used it in the book is I loved it. It helped me. And there's other versions of it. I mean, there's people who do like the five S, F's, faith, family, friends, fitness, uh, something in finances. Right. I mean, so there's something like that, no matter what you do. Um, and a little bit like you, right? Yourself, yep. health, then wealth was what you said earlier. So there's that flow. And yep. even in yours, you did wealth last. And I think what I've loved about the structure of the five capitals and even all the others that are out there is we have to start first with whether it's spiritual capital, it's the, you know, that self or the faith, whatever it is in some of those other ones, is this idea of there's a greater purpose. We can't right. just think it's about emails and it's about money, but we've got to understand there's a greater purpose. And, you know, this is a faith-based podcast, but even when I do like secular ones where you don't talk about scripture is people have to understand that there is something greater than just themselves. And slowing down and kind of thinking through. So that's why that spiritual capital is such a big deal. It's that solitude piece. It's That's where you should go to get your identity. I need to know, and I learned this obviously in later years, but my identity is a beloved son of God. 
It's not my job. It's not now that I'm a coach or an author. It's not that I'm married. It's not that I'm a father. Those are all ways I live it out. But my identity is a beloved son. And by having spiritual capital at the top, it reminds me of my identity. It reminds me of what my purpose and calling are. From there, it then goes in that relational piece, which is it's about who I do life with. And I put a quote in there in the book that I saw when I was writing the book was, no one ever talks about Jesus' greatest miracle. And it's the fact that he had three close friends in his early 30s. You know, because the reality is we don't. I mean, we were super employee during the week. We're super husband and super dad on the weekends. And we forget to have friends. Well, part of my challenge over the years at different times when I've gone off track is I lost the intentionality of spending time with friends. Or when I did get with some friends, I kept it surface level. We talked sports, we talked weather. But the best times in my life is when I also had that good tribe, that good small group, that good group where I was vulnerable, they were vulnerable to me, there was accountability, there was high challenge, there was high encouragement. So when it comes to that relational capital, it's the family and your friends. And so who are you doing life with? Who are you pouring into and who's pouring into you? That's right. And then next is the physical capital. It's about time and energy. So it's health. It's what you're putting in your body. It's getting to the gym. It's how you manage your schedule, right? Does your schedule control you or does your, uh, or do you control your schedule? I think a big thing on physical capital, I'd say right now to everybody listening, and this is a reminder to myself, as the world's opening back up, we very well could fall into old 2019 habits of saying yes to everything. Like I loved 2020, 21, not every part of it for sure, but the part of all these family dinners, all these card games, just the slowerness of life. You had you had permission to say no to things. I mean, if you didn't want to go somewhere, you could literally just kind of blame it on COVID. <laughs> Even That's if they're right. like, I, I don't want to go. No one questioned it. Now That's there's right. this whole guilt. Oh, I better go to that birthday party. Oh, I better go to this. And right. so I think now as it opens back up, if you don't want to say, you know, heck yeah to going, then don't go. That's right. There's, there's power a, in no. You know, there's this powerful quote that a, a mentor said to me is, the quantity of our no's will drive the quality of our yeses. That's right. So the, really, the more times we say no, that means those few times we say yes, we can show up. We can be intentional. We can be present at the board meeting or the small group meeting or our kids' soccer game because we have said no to all the other extra things. They may be good things. Yeah, But sometimes we've got to say no to good things in order to go do great things. I mean, I'll talk to clients a lot. It's like, maybe you don't need to be on three boards. You know, maybe you don't need to be in two small groups. Let's just, you know, Mm -hmm. dial it down some and be intentional and give your all. And then that allows other people to step in and rise up. Mm -hmm. And then the fourth capital is intellectual capital. It's all about, you know, insight and ideas. And then the uh, fifth one's financial, which is about money and generosity and you know, what, you, what we're doing with those things. So yeah, those are the five capitals. And I, I know listeners have heard variations of, of, of those, but that's super powerful to have some framework to think about and kind of help you recalibrate. Definitely, definitely. I mean, I, they all speak to me. They, they definitely speak to our audience. I mean, I love basically you're, you're coaching people to be intentional about how they act in these different areas. And I, I just love that advice about learning how to say no. I think as men, we need to hear that. 
oftentimes we, you know, you hear the phrase, yes, man, uh, we don't, we don't need to be yes, man. We need to be, you know, very particular, very, very intentional about where we spend that time. So Corey, we're going to take a quick break and then let's jump into the next area of the book. Cause I'd love to get your take on the marriage and how to make stronger marriages. Cause I know our, our listeners out there are trying to do that as well. At The Line Within Us, we discuss wealth a lot, and our sponsor at Investing for Beginners provides great resources for those wanting to take their knowledge of investing to the next level. Their monthly research e-letter is the best way to learn about the market and apply insight to begin growing your wealth. The newsletter tracks the founder's journey of managing a portfolio and shares how the decisions are made. For the beginning investor, this could be a great way to learn how to get started with investing from a company that is putting their money where their mouth is. I've been subscribing to their e-letter for quite some time, and it's something I look forward to every month, and I've learned a ton. They're a conservative group with an emphasis on a margin of safety. The Lion Within Us listeners can receive 15% off the monthly e-letter by visiting thelionwithin.us IFB that's investing for beginners, and using the promo code LION at checkout. That's the lionwithin.us slash IFB, and use promo code LION to receive 15% off your monthly research e-letter. All right, guys, we're back here with Corey, and we just unpacked that, that section of you. Again, leading, winning at home first is what it's all about. So we unpacked you. Now we're going to move to marriage, and we're gonna give, Corey's going to give some insight on marriage. And when I, when I looked at the, the different section of marriage, Corey, you know, that united and serving really jumped out to me. I'm really big on servant leadership too, but I, I feel out that resonated well. So give us some insight there on marriage, on what we need to be thinking about, how we should be acting intentionally to, to win at home first with our marriages. You said the, the serving piece, anytime you ask older couples who've been married a long, long time, you're like, oh yeah, how'd you do it? Was it 50, 50? And they're like, no, it's a hundred, hundred. Right. And the times that Holly and I are at our best is when we are both serving each other. And somebody's listening to this and they're thinking, serving, like that's exhausting or I run out of time if I'm always serving. I said, and what, what's crazy is as I serve her, like I almost can't out serve my wife. Like I, I will do something nice. And before I know it, like she's done three things nice for me or help me out in some way. And so not that you want to give to get. But there is something cool when serving, when there's a, a serving mindset in the house, man, you, you don't, you, you don't out give. And even if you were to out give, it's just, it's what we're called to do, right? We are supposed to, to serve others. And so what I, what I've found is when I'm selfish and it's all about my schedule and getting my stuff done, man, it just puts a wedge in the relationship. But when it's about serving, hey, hun. How, you know, especially when the kids were younger, my kids are now nine, 13 and 17. But when they're younger, if I watch the kids so that my wife could go sew or go be with her friends, she would always it'd get, you know, flip back for me where she'd watch the kids that I could then go out with my buddies or I could go on a trail run or I could do something. And it was unbelievable. But those times where we're kind of nitpicking or buzzword we have in our house is roommates. When we act like roommates, oh, okay. you know, I would remember those times where it'd be like, I don't want to watch the kids so she could go do something because I don't get to do anything. And so we're just frustrated and it's just, it's awful. So, you know, looking to serve your spouse, I mean, it goes, it goes miles. 
and know, you know, those five love languages, knowing what your spouse is, what do they need, words of affirmations, mine, my wife. So it's like, if, if I tell her thanks for what she's doing and serve her by acknowledging her, that's a huge thing as well. So serving's a big component of it. And, you know, on that united piece, it's when marriage, we become one. And so it's, it's sharing what's going on in your life with your spouse. I know a lot of people, as they start, their career starts progressing, they, they share less and less and less with their spouse. And so there comes this moment where you got nothing to talk about. And we've, you've got to stay engaged and have those conversations because I also coach people who, as they, their kids have all moved out of the house, they're kind of looking at each other like, who are you? Yeah. Right. You know, there was even this buzzword uh, last fall. It came out called the gray divorce in this idea that people, they, as they get gray hair, they kind of get divorced. And it's all because they, you know, the kids are out of the house and their kind of reason for being together ended up just being logistics and getting kids from point A to point B. Now no one's around. It's kind of like, uh, I don't want. And so that united is, is stay, stay engaged in what's going on in each other's lives. You know, right. if you do share work stories, guess what? The next time you share a work story, she's going to remember the players involved. That's right. That's right. You know, we think that they don't know, but they, they can retain pieces of it. They don't need to know every detail. Why but just you, keeping well, them engaged. Why, why do you think we have that hesitation to, as men, to, to not share? I mean, is it because we're tired at the end of the day? Is, I mean, we're trying to make excuses or, or is there something deeper there? I think, I think it's a lot of it. I, I do think a big thing is I think we stop too early at the end of the day. Meaning, I'll, I'll say the end of our day ends when our head hits the pillow, not when we walk through the front door of the house. Mm. So I think there are guys out there, and I, um, I've been this way at different times in my life, where, man, I give it my all during the day. I hustle, I'm you know, out trying to sell, I'm managing up, I'm managing down. I mean, I'm crushing it. Then come five, six o'clock, when I walk through the front door, I'm like, ooh, I'm done. I'm just going right. to sit on the couch. Check out. I'm going to check out. Oh, I've had a long day. I provided for my family. I'm just going to check out and you know, look at my phone or pull my laptop up or you know, watch TV. But that is, that, that is so wrong. And we even saw this with our middle child where we kind of came up with this phrase, we don't give others the best and we get the rest. And this is because my middle child is, is absolutely awesome. But what was happening is she did exactly what I just said as a kid. She was giving her all of her energy to class. And she was, you know, studying hard, good, you know, classmate, then go to gymnastics, gave her all. Then at the end of the day, when we got her, it was awful. <laughs> she was tired. She was cranky. And, and we had her parent-teacher conference. And my wife and I... We're like, oh boy, we're going to get, this is the parent-teacher conference. We're going to be told we've, we've got a challenging kid. Our first kid, we always got rave reviews. This one's going to be tough. And just keep in mind, this story is not over a span of decades. It's like, it was just a short window where our middle child was this way. And anyways, we go to the parent-teacher conference and we're ready to hear how, you know, challenging our kid right. is and praises. We got praises of how good of a kid she was. And we're like, What? wait, 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 what's happening here? So she gets praised at work. We've heard her, from her coaches. She's incredible, but we're not getting that. And it hit. Everything that I've been talking to leaders about is I got to see this play out in a you know 12-year-old. She was giving everyone else the best. She was showing up, doing the great, 
And then when she got home, she was just tired. She just let her guard down. Yep. And so she gave others the best. We got the rest. And that's the exact same thing I think a lot of us listeners do is we go so hard during the day. And then at night, it's like, I'm done. And so my encouragement to you is manage your energy throughout the day so that you can make it all the way till bedtime. Right. So does that mean turning off sports radio or politics? You don't get fired up when you you know walk in the door or more drained? Does that mean making sure you get quiet time? Even if you office out of the house? I, I noticed this when uh, probably about seven, eight years ago, I went from a corporate job that was in, you know, a big building to office out of my house because the company I now worked for was headquartered in Florida. And I still got to live in Cincinnati. Man, that first transition where I worked in the basement and my wife was upstairs, that was a whole new deal. But what I found I had to do is I could not end my day and walk right upstairs because okay. I would either be angry because maybe the call didn't go well or I'd be way too excited because the call went well. So I had to put in my schedule a 15-minute window from when my day ended to when I went upstairs. And that allowed me to calm down in a level set. And to realize, hey, now it's almost like changing my uniform on to like say, now I'm going in the game of being a father and a husband. Yeah. So it was pretty powerful. So those are just some things as listeners think about it. Hey, what do you need to do to shift your energy, to shift your mindset, to know that you need to go all day long and into the night? What, now that 15 minutes, you got me curious. What, what, what did that 15 minutes look like? What were you doing? Yeah, for me, 15 minutes, I was doing a, a few things depending on the day. Um, it could be praying. Like, okay. I, I'm getting ready to go upstairs and I just need to calm down, you know, whether my, you know, frustration or my excitement, whatever it is, just kind of calm down, be present. Hey, how can I serve my family? Well, okay. How can so I computer, go up there and computers ask questions? Off, I'm guessing. Yep. Oh, like computers you, off. Yeah. Computers right. off. I would listen to some worship music at times. Some days I would, some days I just kind of tidy up my desk um, yeah. and just kind of just try to slow down. I love it. I mean, that's, that's just great advice right there. And then also that's, Going back to what you said earlier about the love language, I think you said your wife's is, uh, words of affirmation. Yep. You know, guys, we need to know our our wives' love languages. I mean, and you also need to know yours as 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 the the head of the house. I mean, the leader out there, and and your wife needs to know what your language is. You know, for my wife, it's uh, quality time. So I know for me, uh, for me to connect with my wife, if I don't, you know, intentionally schedule and put, you know, make it a, a priority to have that quality time. It doesn't matter how I try to serve her. I'm not going to check her box unless I'm doing that quality time, right. right? And it's, I mean, situational leadership too. I mean, we lead people the way we want to be led. Mm. Well, for whatever reason, that God has opposite to track and leading our spouse the way we want to be led doesn't work. Because yeah. just yeah. like you said, they're, I don't know too many people where they have the exact same um, love language as their spouses. I'm sure there's a, a statistic, but I know Holly's and mine are opposite, and many people I know it's opposite. It is wild. That's right. That's right. I think God has a sense of humor in many ways. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's right. I mean, it's you know by seeing all these other versions of God through we, through our spouses. Yeah, not other versions, other characteristics. Right, right. Well, I mean, again, this 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 marriage you know area of the book serves so many people in so many different ways. It definitely, it, it encouraged me. It challenged me. It's making me think, you know, so I mean, hats off to you for that. And that, and that kind of dovetails right into the parenting, right? I mean, that, and that's where, to your point, uh, what'd you call it? Great divorces? Mm -hmm. uh, because 
I see this so many times with people I work with as well. You know, it, it's they're they're living for the kids. You know, and it's and it's all about basically being like I think you call a logistics company or a cab or a taxi, just trying to get people to the right stuff and showing up. But you know, and then when the, when the 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 nest is empty, you look around like, who are you? <laughs> you know, you have that that moment. So uh, again, great stuff. But from a parenting standpoint. You you mentioned a couple things in there that really jumped out to me that, that I was hoping you'd unpack. Maybe that invitation challenge matrix that that really that that resonated and in any other areas. So maybe just you you have the floor here, Corey. From a parenting standpoint, what, what would you like to share with the listeners out there? What our kids need the most is a loving marriage to see to be modeled because our kids will feel more confident and secure when they leave a house that they feel safe in that they Mm -hmm. feel loved and encouraged in and so by going on dates with your spouse by serving each other by making sure that marriage is strong your kids are going to reap the benefits of it just by watching you we have conversations now in our house as our now as i mentioned our kids 9 13 17 is it you can say all you want, but if your actions don't show up to it, the kids are smart. They're paying attention to your actions. Mm-hmm. They don't care really what you say. And I think when they're super young, they probably already get all that. It's all about actions. But man, as they've gotten older, it for sure, it is about actions. So I'd model that strong marriage and that strong family unit because it's going to pay dividends. I think another thing that I would talk about would be that discipline, which is that invitation and challenge matrix. It's an incredible matrix. And basically it's inviting your kids and anyone else. This is a leadership um, tool as well. Inviting them into a relationship, hang out with them, have fun, go get ice cream, you know, go get coffee. If they're a little older, just whatever it is, invite them in a relationship, but then challenge them into responsibility. You know, make the bed. We've got to get, you know, good grades. We've got to show up to all of our practices and, and give our best effort. Mm-hmm. And so it's that invitation challenge. And what we see a lot is parents are kind of an either or, and we want to get to the both, both and. And so a lot of parents can be high challenge. It's like, I'm just going to crack the whip. You've got to get straight A's. You've got to, uh, you know, do all these different things, you know, make your bed, clean your room. But there's no relationship there. They're not inviting them into hanging out. They may right. drag them along in a negative way to, hey, let's go to Home Depot or let's go to, um, you know, wherever I got to run my errands. But there's no really relationship. And so how you kind of see that play out is, you know, the kids will rebel at some point. You know, um, there's just not a strong relationship. And you see this with employees. I know we're going to get to that work section, but employees, they may get their job done during the day, but at night they're looking at LinkedIn for a new job. And, you know, kids, they may not, obviously they can't go find new parents, but they sure go can go find people to go spend time with. And once they go off to college, you know, they're going to look for other people to influence them versus their parents. The other is that top left of that matrix, um, that it's all invitation. It's no challenge. Mm. And so you get a cozy environment. Kids are spoiled. This is the parents that say yes to everything. Can I spend the night? Yes. Can we go here? Yes. Can we do this? Yes. They will leave the house spoiled. And what we've got to do as parents, just like Jesus did to us, is come, follow me, very invitational, but then go and make disciples, high challenge. Mm-hmm. And so it's inviting our kids into doing life with us, but then challenging them to 
you know, get things done. It's kind of freedom within the framework. And so that's a big piece. And I'm so grateful as parents, we learned that early because that's how we've done it. I mean, we have fun in our house and we do say yes. Matter of fact, we, you know, we had people spend the night this weekend. It was awesome. It's great. But there's also challenge. I mean, there's chores, there's, you know, helping outlets. You know, yes, we're all going, you know, I don't care if you had someone spend the night. Hey, we're all going to church, you know, on Sunday morning. And, you know, that way, and it's just, it is so cool to see when, now that they're getting older, how there's this good foundation because they know they feel loved. When we invite them in relationship and we challenge them in responsibility, we do that combo, they feel loved. Employees feel empowered. And so it it just, it, it's been an amazing framework that's been so helpful. Now, I'm curious. So do you have boys, girls? Which, which one are your kids? Are you 9, 13, 17? 17 year old is a girl. She'll be going to college in the fall, which is crazy. Then I have a 13 year old girl who's starting high school in the fall. And then I have a nine year old boy who will be going in 10th grade or not 10, fifth grade. So, okay. Super fun. I mean, there's a spread. There's four year spread on each of them. Not that, uh, you know, you know from having, you know, that's you know, cool. in the, the whole kid world, that's out of our control. So we try to have kids sooner than that, but four years is what God's plan was. Well, and the reason I asked too is because, you know, you talk about that model. Kids need a model. They're looking at your actions, and that is so important. But, you know, what you're teaching those girls, you know, your, your, your 17-year-old and your 13-year-old, you're teaching those ladies, you know, what it looks like for a godly man, you know, to, to lead his home. So that they're going to be comparing any potential partner in the future to you. You know, and and those actions you're setting. So, hats off to you there because you you're setting a standard in their mind. Okay, this is what a godly man, a father, a husband. This is how he should should treat me. And and, and the guy who doesn't open the door, they're gonna just keep on moving, <laughs> you know, because they're they're seeing your actions and your son. He's seeing how a godly man treats his wife, and you know that's that's gonna instill values in him as he goes. So that's. I love that you went there because I tell people it, it's it's more to, more is caught than taught. You know, you can speak all you want, but your kids are paying attention to what you're actually doing. So hats off to you for for being that model because that is that is so impactful. Yeah, well, I mean, thank you, and I think maybe because of that, my my daughter does kind of push other the boys along. You know, I, the pastor of our church, uh, Brian Tome, wrote a book called Five Marks of a Man." Great book, but his whole kind of thesis of that book is there are 45 year old boys and 15 year old men mm-hmm. there's a difference and so i want my daughters to date and fall in love with spiritual men i don't want the boys that are video gaming the boys that are living just for the day moment i have nothing wrong with video games but i'm just saying if, if it's all about now and not about right. planning for the future if it's all about what does culture say and not about what does their you know, biblical foundation, say just whatever it is. I want that idea of them be them to date and marry spiritual men, and I want my son to be a spiritual man. And the only way that right. can happen is if I model that in the house. And um, you know, we talk about it, but I got to model it. Just so, you know, I can't say go find a great man that treats, and then here I am yelling at my wife. That that doesn't work. Right, right. That's right. Well, I tell you what, Corey, it's been. Phenomenal areas here we've been unpacking. Let's take a quick break because then I want to jump into the area of work. And I know this is something you're very passionate about. And I think there's a, there's some insight here that I'll, I'm hoping we can touch on that's going to really serve the, the listeners well. Today is a great day to start your own podcast. Whether you're looking for a new marketing channel, 
have a message you want to share with the world, or just think it'd be cool to have your own talk show, podcasting is an easy, inexpensive, and fun way to expand your reach online. Buzzsprout is hands down the easiest and best way to launch, promote, and track your podcast. Your show can be online and listed in all the major podcast directories like Apple, Spotify, Google, and more within minutes of finishing your recording. Podcast isn't hard when you have the right partners, and the team at Buzzsprout is passionate about helping you succeed. Join over 100,000 podcasters already using Buzzsprout to get their messages out to the world. Let's create something great together. Visit thelionwithin.us slash buzz to let Buzzsprout know we sent you, and you'll get a $20 Amazon gift card if you sign up for a paid plan. That's thelionwithin.us slash buzz. All right, guys, we're back here with Corey. We've, we've unpacked several areas, you, marriage, parenting, and the last area that, that he covered in his, in his book is work. And Corey, one thing that really jumped out, because I, I, I preach this a lot with, with people that I try to serve as well, is the idea of boundaries, you know, and the, the inside and those outside boundaries and, and the importance of those. And maybe you can cover that as well as anything that you think would, would bring value and serve uh, guys that are out there listening right now so far as the area of work and how to win at home first with that. A lot of ways to take this boundaries one and uh, boundaries are so important. I think the first thing that comes to mind, I don't know why this is coming to mind at this moment, but uh, man, turn your, turn off your notifications on your phone. Any mm-hmm. notifications you've got coming in that aren't a phone call or aren't text, I, I turn everything else off. We do not need to know breaking news from CNN or breaking news from Fox when it happens. We don't. We do not need to know that your baseball team just scored a run or your basketball team just made some points or your stock price just went up a little bit, whatever it is, the push notifications you have, I'd turn them all off and make it more of a pull versus a push. So right now, everyone is trying to push everything to you because they want you opening their app. They want you looking, they're pushing to you. But if you really want to set boundaries up in your life so you can be present where you're present, then turn off notifications, even email, so that it's a pull. Instead of people pushing to you, you go when you're ready, when the kids aren't around, when you're in the right mental space, that you can then go get your emails or go get those sports scores or go get those stock prices, whatever it is for you. That's how you can have boundaries. Because a lot of times we are at home and our phone's dinging. Instead of playing with our two-year-old on the floor or 10-year-old or having coffee with our 17-year-old or on a date with our wife, we can't be present because our phone's dinging. Or someone's going to say, they're, well, I have it on vibrate. Yeah, the light goes off. The light goes off, everyone sees it at the table, or it's buzzing in, you know, in your pocket. It mentally distracts you, and you're like, hmm, I wonder what that is. I, 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 I Actually, I think I need to get up and go to the bathroom so that I can see my phone to see what that is. And we've all done it. As we go look, and it's like, oh, so, you know, this happened. Yep. Isn't yep. that not a big deal? So if you want boundaries, and in fact, set up boundaries. Start setting them up so that you can kind of control your environment as opposed to being controlled by your environment. Mm-hmm. And so that's a huge one of boundaries that I see with a lot of people. And so that'd be one easy step that everyone can take, turn off notifications. The second one is, man, Psalm 127, 1 and 2 has been so powerful for me because it talks about you know the person who gets up labors in vain. 
I mean, it's this idea of everything we do. If it, we're just striving, we're doing out of vanity. But mm-hmm. instead, we've got to have confidence and faith that God's got the night shift. So if we work our, you know, our tail off during the day, we have got to believe that God's got the night shift, that when I come home with my family and I do dinner, I'm hanging out with the family, I'm doing those things, I don't have to worry about work. God's got the night shift. On the weekends, God's got it. And for me, as a sales guy, now, you know, as a business owner with my practice, like there's never a time that I, I can't be working. Like there's always another LinkedIn connection I can make. There's no, another speaking engagement I can go try to find. Like it's never ending. Same thing for all the listeners. It's another proposal they could send out, another phone call that they could make. It's all that. And man, part of what I see in my own life, but also when I work with people is we can never release control of our day because we think it all depended on us. And God's got the night shift. There are things that are happening. There's conversations going on right now with a prospect saying that they're going to need your product or your services. And God's softening their heart before you even reach out to them. And when you do reach out, they're ready. And so I think that's a big piece on this whole work section. I don't even talk a lot about that in, in, in this book in, in the standpoint of, but that's just been a big piece and it's actually coming out in the second book. Um, but it's just that that's what I see so often is this whole, we've got to release control. Yes, no doubt. No doubt. And I'll tell you what, that, that the advice to on that, that, that pull versus push, I've heard so many people talk about notifications, turn them off. That's one thing, but I have never heard anybody put it that way, Corey. And that, that resonated. I mean, that impacted me. I mean, that, that, that's a very convicting topic in, in, in general for all guys. I mean, I think we've all been sitting there on the can, you know, looking through our, you know, trying to catch up and we feel like we're doing it in secret. And not that we're trying to hide anything. It's just, you feel like you're trying to make the most out of every moment. So why not, why not take advantage of the bathroom? But man, I'll tell you what, it's the, that's why I tell you, man, we worship these freaking smartphones and we got to stop it. And that's a great way to do it is pull versus push. Love yep. it. Yep, thanks. Well, man, I tell you what, any, so for, from the work standpoint, you know, I like the guys got the night shift. That's wonderful too. And I'm excited. So you kind of alluded. So is there another book coming? Yeah, there is. Yeah, but I mean, the second book's Rise and Go. That's the name of the book. You okay. know, 2020, 2021 were hard for all of us and, and, and myself included. You know, I, I had a mental roller coaster, um, you know, different times where, you know, I, I jumped all into coaching, speaking, all in 100% March 2020. Right then, the world shuts down. I lost 30, 35% of my income because the speaking engagements were over. And it was oh, like, oh man. my gosh, what did I just do? And uh, it obviously got scary for a little while and just thinking. And so some of my quiet times became, uh, you know, kind of intense. Hey, God, you know, what, what the heck's going on? What are we doing? And I thought you were calling me into this new space. And now this is happening, you know. Yeah. And over, I'd say, you know, the rest of 2020, there were different scriptures. There were different stories. There were different things that helped me kind of get out of the valley that I was in. And so yeah. the idea of this book is it's a tool to help leaders. We all get knocked down. Leaders are always getting knocked down, whether it is we lost a client, the prospect said no, our employee that we've been investing in quit, whatever it may be, or maybe it's even a teenager rebels a little bit, or our spouse isn't uh, you know as, as awesome that day as we want them to be. We have self-doubts. The devil's getting our head. Whatever it could be, we all get knocked down. And 
you know, God is calling us to rise and go after that next big, bold move that he's calling each of us into. And we don't do that when we're sitting and kind of wallowing in our self-pity, our self-doubt, our self-limiting beliefs. But through this book, it, it provides some tools and some resources to help all of us leaders as we get knocked down, basically to rise and go to what God is calling us each to go after. Well, it sounds like there's going to be a powerful book, and it's going to have to be another podcast because we gonna we're going to have to unpack Rise and Go, Corey. We, you got lines out there thinking about that, man. That's not, that sounds amazing. Yeah, though, so, thanks. I'm super excited to get out. We're in final stages of editing, and, and I'm I'm excited to get out there. I mean, so these are things that help me, and then quite honestly, over the last probably year, parts of them have been battle tested with clients and helping them. And this idea of hey, how do we elevate our mindset so we can go expand the kingdom for each of us? I love it. I love it. Well, I guess for maybe my last question for winning at home first, and this is this is maybe just from a personal standpoint for the guys out there listening, you know, what does winning at home first look like for you specifically, Corey? Yeah, that's the uh, that, you know that's the hardest part with all of this winning at home is um, there's no KPIs, right? Yeah. At work, we got those key performance indicators. We it's revenue, it's EBITDA, it's all these things, and, and I get it. It's hard at home, and the one so then one other thing is. Just because I wrote the book, went home first, does not mean every day in my house is absolutely amazing. Um, you know, we we have our we can have our tensions. I you know I can do yeah. the cold shoulder to my wife. She can you know do something to me. Our kids can you know we we can have our challenges for sure. So I don't want anyone to think. I mean, partly why I wrote this book is because I, I these are things I was trying and learning and and tweaking. Mm-hmm. And so therefore, mm-hmm. I was like, hey, some of the stuff worked. I want to get it out there. So that's one thing. But it's for me, man. Winning home first for me is, and I think all of us know what that feels like when we walk into our home and it just feels like peace. Yeah. Like I know there's no frustrations I've got towards my wife. I'm sitting in a good place knowing she's probably not too, you know, pissed at me. <laughs> you know, my kids, like when they come in, we're, we're excited to see each other. We want to be in the same rooms of each other. You know, when we're in the cars, we're talking to each other. There's no iPod or iPods in our ears, you know. It always saddens me when I see it. Look over the car next to me, and it's a it's a parent and their kid, and the kids got their you know AirPods in their ears. It's like, man, that's precious time. That windshield time is gold. It where is. you're driving and you can just talk. So, um, so for us, I mean, if there are some KPIs, we try to get two dates a month. My wife and I, yep, two dates a month, um, and, and that's huge. Yeah. It's absolutely huge. Matter of fact, speaking of our house isn't perfect. My, I had a speaking engagement. My wife was also traveling a lot because I have a competitive daughter, a daughter who's a competitive dancer and another daughter who's a competitive gymnast. So she has been busy with going to different cities because of their events. And then I had some travel, uh, speaking engagements. So when we finally kind of got back together after a couple of weeks, I mean, you know, we, we, we weren't necessarily seeing eye to eye. My jokes weren't as funny as they used to be. And, you know, right, all, right. all those things. So we had, there, there's some tension. Thank goodness we had a date planned. Because sometimes I think there's power in scheduled dates versus spontaneous dates. Spontaneous dates are great. Right. When everyone's in a good mood and let's go on a spontaneous date. But if you're both frustrated with each other, you'll never plan. You'll never do the spontaneous date. You'll just go in different parts of the house. But by it being scheduled, we knew we were going to do that Tuesday night. We both went. And man, it's just cool how it all kind of, we were able to resolve everything and just talk and get reconnected. And it was awesome. So that's the power in scheduled dates. Just don't try to wing in. Oh, yeah, we'll, we'll try to go out two times this month. No, get them scheduled. And if a spontaneous one happens, great. Go do it. Right. 
So that's a big thing. So KPIs, and then I try to get one-on-one time with each kid where we go get ice cream, we go get coffee, and we just we kind of I just talk. I try not to coach a lot. I try not to parent a lot. I try to listen and just hear right. about the uh, you know the the dramas in their worlds. That's right. Well, it's wonderful advice. I mean, I'm 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 really big on all that stuff. One on one time with the kids, date times, being intentional about your calendar. You know, really putting that down. We're we're the same way, Corey. We put it on a calendar that way. It's it's there. We know, and it gives us some anticipation. You know, we get to look forward to it. We get to think about where we're going to go, the things we're going to talk about. So, I mean, this is ton of insight, great information you you've gave us here today, Corey. You know, where do you want people to go? We'll, we'll make sure those links are in the show notes, but is there a website somewhere like that? If, if, if guys are listening, they can just type that in right now. They can go check you out and, and learn more about what you're offering. Yeah. Thanks, Chris, for having me on today. Website is Corey M. Carlson. So Corey, C-O-R-Y-M as in Michael Carlson. I have a weekly email that gets sent out every Wednesday morning that readers find value in. So you can sign up for that. It's free. And then... um yeah, there's all kinds of more information there as far as coaching, speaking, and other ways to connect. And obviously, all your social media places and went home first is Amazon and Audible. There you go, guys. Be, you know, check the show notes. We'll have the links there for all sto- Corey's material. Highly encourage everyone to get the book. You know, go ahead, guys. Lean into it. Get winning home first. Read through it. Take notes. Reach out to Corey if you need insight. You can connect with him directly or again from the show notes. Remember the question of the week. Do you strive to win at home? as hard as you do at work. You know, that's what I want you to leave you guys with. So be thinking about that. Corey, anything else you'd like to share with our listeners here today? Oh, that's a fantastic question. He just left them with, by the way. Uh, man, I, it, implement something out of this call. Just grab one thing. I mean, if you can do two, three, four, great. But just get at least one thing that you're going to do differently because of this podcast. That's right. I, I know for me, um, I'm thinking that pull versus push. I mean, that was, that was impactful the way you said that. So cool. I, I'm thankful for you, my friend. It's been a blessing to have this conversation. Guys, go to the line with us. You'll be able to go to the show notes page for, for Corey, be able to check out all that stuff as well as our Bible study. Don't forget that Bible study is live now. Go check that Bible study out. We want to serve you with that to help you grow as a Christian leader that you're predestined to be. Give us that rating, write a review, all that kind of stuff. It helps, guys. So, you know, take the time to do that. It really makes a big impact. Now, go out and unleash. The Lion Within.